Amen. It's all about the blood of Jesus. That's why we're here. That's a perfect setup for today's message about missions. But before we get into that, I want you to look on the screen. Uh, what is that? It's an eye chart, right? It just kind of jumps out, that white print with all the letters on it. Look at the next slide. Whoa. Hey, that same eye chart's right there. But it's covered up, surrounded by other eye charts, a picture of an eye, even a... Uh, a color blind test at the bottom. And here's what we find in life, in churches, in organizations. We find that when it comes to having clarity or a 2020 vision, too many times we're distracted. And for a church that's been in a location for 190 years like this one, that has many wonderful ministries and opportunities. Sometimes when you hear about all that's going on and all that's available, it comes across like that slide right there. All these different letters, all these different things. So the goal this morning is to try to clarify with laser focus what our mission is as a church. So this is our series called 2020 Vision playing off the idea of eyesight, but also playing off the year 2020. Where do we want to be in three years as a church? What do we want to see accomplished in three years as a church? And we got a couple of things in your bulletin to help you with that. First, there's a little card I want you to pull out. It's nice and slick and shiny. It has that logo 2020 vision on it. But on the back of it, when you flip it over, it has the four main areas that we as a church are looking toward over the next three years. Two weeks ago, I preached a message about unity and worship. Last week, Cody knocked it out of the park with his message about next-gen ministry. Today, the focus is on missions. And next week, we'll go even more in detail about the specific of our primary mission, and that is to make disciples. Also inside your bulletin, You'll have an insert that says worship service schedule change, frequently asked questions. Part of vision is becoming clear, all right? I know your temptation now is going to be able to read that insert the whole time I'm preaching. Please don't. But that insert will not answer every single question. How can you Answer every nuance of something on a front and back insert. You can't. But it's what I've found over the past few months, the most questions that I have received, the staff have received, deacons have received, we're trying our best to be as clear as possible. 2020 vision. So read that. Pray. Let's just move together in unity as this church. And also in the bulletin always, not always, but most of the time, there's an insert that has my sermon notes. So let's just start with clarity, with focus about who we are, what is our mission. Back in January of 2016, I preached a message about this. Weeks and months of staff, ministers praying and talking and messing with the different word choices. Finally, we came up with this, that we exist to glorify God by loving all people and making disciples of all nations. That in one sentence sums up everything that we're to be about. 
why we exist as, as a church here, First Baptist Church on the Square, why we exist is to glorify God. How do we do that? We do it by loving everyone, every color, every ethnic group, every socioeconomic class. We love all people, everyone. And we do it by making disciples of all nations, not just our backyard, but every nation, every people group in the world. That's the why we exist. But about a year ago, I presented a message to you, a series of messages about how do we do that? What's the process? And that was a series called Blueprint. In that process, there were three important words, the first one being connect, all right? This word is so important now more than ever before. Why? Because we're always checking to see if we're connected, right? Am I connected? Do I have Wi-Fi? Am I connected? Do I have a signal? And part of the struggle we have with all the information we receive at our fingertips is that it all distracts us. And so we're trying in this sermon series to focus in about what we're really all about. Clarity and focus. We're about connection. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. That's where it grows. That's where it continues. Because we are, by definition, a local church that means we are united or connected together as a community of believers. If that were not the case, then all of us could not even be here right now. We could be at home. We could be watching a worship service on television or listening to a podcast or why I do it even on Sunday? Just why do it during the week. If, if the church wasn't a place where we would gather as his people, that's central to who we are. We gather, we connect with one another. No such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. We need each other. We got to connect. And as we come together to connect, we're connecting to God. We are strengthened and we feel his presence. We're reminded of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. We remember that we're to be the light of the world being sent by God. That's why we sing these songs. That's why we look at what the Bible says. We connect with God. We should grow in our relationship with God. We should have a strong signal with God and not be disconnected. But implied in the idea of connection is that, that there's disconnection all around us. There are people who are far from God, who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's our job to connect them to God in relationship. We call this evangelism. We call this disciple making. We connect people to God. That's why it begins with connection. But it's not just about us at First Baptist Church. Because we're better together than by ourselves. We're to connect with other local churches. We're to connect with other denominations even. We're to connect with all like-minded, Bible-believing Christians. Listen to me. I spoke in Honduras and trained pastors a couple of weeks ago. I used the phrase, Bible-believing Christians. Those pastors raised their hand and said, what does that mean? 
And I realized the tragedy of what's happened in our country that we have to clarify that some churches believe in the Bible and some do not. And it was astounding to these pastors. You're telling me they're like that there are churches that don't believe in the Bible? They call themselves churches? I said, absolutely they are. There are churches that don't believe that this is the word of God. I said, and that kind of Thinking is coming your way in Honduras, if it hasn't already. Like-minded, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving people, we connect with them to reach the world for Christ. Next word is grow. Grow. And it's easy to start with grow. In fact, when I started that series back in May of last year, I began the series with grow. And I really should have began it with connect. It all starts with connection. Yet as we connect with God, as we connect with each other, we grow. How do we grow? We grow spiritually. We grow in depth of knowledge and experience of God's presence and power. We grow deep, and we're supposed to grow wide. That is, we're to reach new people. People, there are plenty of seats in this sanctuary that we could reach new people. We should be growing spiritually and numerically as a church. We're called by God to grow deep and grow wide. Our reach must extend. Third word, go. This word is in the mission statement. These are the marching orders of Jesus Christ himself. He said to his disciples and to us in Matthew 28, the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. To baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To teach them to obey all that Jesus has commanded. And he promised to be with us until the very end of the world. We are to make disciples of others by sharing Jesus with those who don't know him. We call this evangelism. We tell the good news of Jesus. We speak that saving message of who Jesus is. And when people come to know Jesus Christ through our witness, then we disciple them. That is, we mentor them. We help them grow. We meet with them. We, they're new Christians and they begin to grow. And once you get in this process with someone, listen, When you get around a new Christian, it is exciting. It like fuels my flame. I've got a young man that's a new Christian that I'm discipling with three other men. This young man is so hungry for God's word. He's asking all kinds of questions that are challenging the status quo. He's like, the Holy Spirit is so real and so powerful. Why are people so afraid of the Holy Spirit, Pastor? I'm like, I don't know, but people are. But this guy is getting it. And it's amazing to watch him grow as a Christian. But God calls us to share Christ and then to make disciples. And then once those people become followers of Jesus, growing in their faith, then they will replicate the process. They will then share the message of Jesus even before they become full-fledged, mature disciples. In fact, there are countries around the world where folks become followers of Jesus in places like China and India, and they'll pray to receive Christ, and they'll say, great, now go tell somebody about what you just heard. They, they instill upon the new, new converts an immediate responsibility to share the gospel. 
And then that person comes to know Christ, and they're discipled. Then they go, and it replicates, and it multiplies, and that is the message. That is the mission. That is the heartbeat of all of these things on the back of that card. It's the mission. It's the mission of going and making disciples of Jesus Christ that transcends all the other things on the back of that card. Yes, we want to make disciples of our families. Absolutely, it's part of that. But the mission is what it's all about. That's what unites us. I put it in a sentence for you. It should be on the screen. That we want to be a church, a healthy church. That means we're growing spiritually and numerically. That partners with one another, that means we connect, and other churches, that means we connect to change the world by making disciples, that's go, and planting churches that multiply, that's go as well. One main verse this morning, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Turn there in your Bibles, if you have them. If not, go to your Bible app on your phone. If you're not, it'll be on the screen, it already is, Acts 1 8. Jesus says this to his disciples shortly before he goes to be ascended into heaven. Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to begin by looking at the locations mentioned in that verse. We have a grid in that verse. We have an outline of the entire book of Acts in that verse. The gospel began in Jerusalem. The church was born. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes. The church is baptized. They're they're one to Christ. Peter preaches the message, 3,000 people. The church goes from 120 to 500 people to 3,000, over 3,000 people. They're born. But it spreads from Jerusalem, north, and throughout Judea, then north to Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. That's the whole book of Acts. And that should be the model we follow. I don't want to be like any other church but the church that God wants us to be. But the one church that I want us to be like is not another, not, not another church that exists today, but I want our church to be like this church in the book of Acts. That's the goal. So local, local missions, our Jerusalem. I want to give you some examples. Weekly, these are just some of the examples. They're in your bulletin in the insert. Every Thursday we have a dental clinic that provides free dental care to people in our community. Every Thursday we have a soup kitchen that provides food for people in our community to come and have a hot, good meal. On Thursday, on t- I said Thursday, on Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays is soup kitchen. Tuesdays is Meals on Wheels as well. Where we take the food literally in our cars, Meals on Wheels, to shut-ins and seniors. And they long for that fellowship and connection and a good meal to eat. I forgot weekly as well. I was reminded by somebody about Celebrate Recovery on Thursday nights. Folks that are struggling with any kind of life-controlling issue, can come and find support and grace on Thursday nights. We host that as well. A year ago, a small group of folks began doing a project during Mission LaGrange Week in the Benjamin Harvey Hill homes. Well, guess what? 
They caught the vision. Every week now they're going on Thursdays doing backyard Bible clubs with kids. So exciting to see the missions happening. The fam ministry, family advocacy ministry, rescuing children trapped in harmful situations with safe families and fostering and adoption. Whitesville Road Partnership, that's ongoing. VBS, Camp Windshape, a whole week of evangelism with kids in our community. Camp Viola, taking kids in need and pouring into them over a week's time out at that beautiful place. So much more local. You guys do a great job with local. Regional, our partnership with the Georgia Baptist Convention. That's so critical. 10% of what we give, what you give as a church to our offerings, general offerings, goes to the Georgia Baptist Convention to help them share the gospel, help us connect and partner to take the gospel throughout our state. National, the North American um, Mission Board. Uh, We have some specific national partnerships already in place through through local ministries uh, in our country. North Valley Baptist Church in Montana with Pastor Rick Rubottom. Long-time partnership that we have. I just learned of a new possibility for us. Rosemont Baptist Church is going June 27th to July 1st to New York City to work with a church planner to help that church planner share Jesus there in that city. And we can be a part of that and connect with another church. If you want to know more about it, email Tracy Devers. i got his email for you in the insert. Annie Armstrong. All right. We're the Annie Armstrong offering. We're we're a little far away from our, our goal. Our, our goal is $33,000. We've given us over $4,000. Why should you give any Armstrong? Because it is a national partnership that we as Baptist churches have. They are focused on 32 sinned cities. Not sin cities, but sinned cities. 86% of the population of our country lives in those 32 cities. It makes sense that we would support and send church planters to those cities to reach our nation. Global. Global. We support Living Hope Honduras. We support All Things New Orphanage, Matt and Jess Bush in Haiti. And we've got great partnerships with India. I want to invite Margaret Ross to come up here and share about her involvement in local missions. But as as I'm looking at her, I'm thinking about um, Bruce and Claudia McLean. And not just Margaret, but her WMU leadership team as they meet together and pray to help our church be on mission. They had a connection with Bruce and Claudia. And it's been beautiful to watch that grow because Bruce and Claudia are now focusing on the unreached, unengaged people in very rural India. And we have a partnership because a group of ladies in our church were on mission and praying that we would be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then we have a business leader in our community who had a Christian leadership blog with business, Chris Patton. He got connected with a guy named Rajiv Mahan, who's in India, who's also going to unreached, unengaged folks, folks with no access to the gospel in India. So here we have partnership, connections, and now the gospel is going to go forth to India. And God's just made it clear that we're to focus on that global place and through our IMB mission offerings. So Margaret Ross has been for many years, serving in our dental clinic. In our early service, she shared with us about that partnership. She is 
I'm just gonna say, Mrs. Missions. I think about missions, I think about Margaret and so many other folks in our church who are just living their lives on mission, but specifically this idea of a local impact. Tell us, Margaret, a brief history of the dental clinic and your involvement with it. Thank you, Pastor, and I thank you, church, for sponsoring that dental clinic. We have helped so many people that are hurting both physically and spiritually. Ten years ago, Patrick Cruz came to me and said that he wanted to start a dental clinic. He and Dr. Walter Stewart and Dr. Mac Doris and uh, a couple other people. Patrick had a friend in Kentucky, also a Baptist pastor. In their church, they had a medical and a dental clinic, and he wanted that to happen in our church. Asked me if I'd help. I didn't know he wanted me to do it forever. <laughs> but the man upstairs, our Jesus, our Savior, wanted it to happen. And we started in a dental mission van, and it was repossessed from us. But our church thought enough and believed enough in that mission that we were helping hurting people and not only helping them with extracting these hurting teeth and giving them back their smiles and their dignity, a lot of them so they wouldn't have to say, please passion mashed potatoes, because that's about all they can chew and eat. But we talked to them spiritually about their souls. And so many of them, when we asked them if they knew Jesus as their savior, could we introduce them to Jesus as their savior? He makes all things whole and all things new, right. and he is our provider. And so many of them would say, yes, I know Jesus. He's the reason I'm here. But we have witnessed to several, several people, and they have given their heart and their life to the Lord. But Jesus says for us as Christ followers to live a missional lifestyle and to go and teach that's what we used to teach our GAs, Lucia, to go and teach. And as our pastor said, make disciples into the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what we do. So uh, the dental clinic has been, I have been, my life has been enriched and enhanced more than anything we've ever done for any patient that has come through. And he does provide. He's provided a dental repairman in George White who will come and night or day and repair what needs to be done. Paul Barnes has done so many of you, and whether you've prayed or you've given money or whatever for the dental clinic, and the pastor will probably kick me off this, but I want you to uh, do an Alabama cheer with me. So if you will all stand and come on, play. Give me an E. Give me an X. X. Give me an L. L. Give me an A. A. Give me an X. X. What do you have? X lax. Go, go, go. He commanded that. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere, Margaret. All right, hold on. Stand back up. Stand back up. The purpose of this is twofold. And listen, that hit me. <laughs> at 8.45, I, I, I about lost it, okay? I couldn't control myself. I knew it was coming, all right? 
<laughs> literally. <laughs> anyway, all right. So Margaret, sweet Margaret, we want to also honor her for 10 great years of full-time service to this ministry. Did it out of the bottom of uh, goodness of her heart. She kind of retired unofficially in, in December. Let's just thank her for her 10 years of service to the dental clinic. Amen. God bless you. And like she said, we got to go, go, go. Make disciples. It's a great illustration. I mean, it, it hit, I mean, I wish, it's probably on video from the early, so I'm telling you, I could, I lost it. I'm like, what? Anyway, um, I said, that's the reason why we, we protect the pulpit so carefully. <laughs> so anyway, we appreciate Margaret and her, her love for missions and local missions. And she just said yes to an opportunity. And she, there was vision cast by Patrick and Dr. Stewart, but she was kind of the, the wheels behind making it happen. That's so much a part of the church is you're the machinery, you're the wheels, you're the ones that make it happen. The leaders, we can't do it. We simply say, this is where we're going. This is how we're going to do it. And now we need you. Let's go together. We love people like Margaret and so many of you that serve so beautifully. It's all about the ends of the earth as well. The, 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 the emphasis to the nations. The IMB has a, on their website, their vision is to see a multitude from every language, people, tribe, and nation knowing and worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this gospel message begins at home and it spreads to a region. It goes to a state. It goes to a nation. It's to go to the ends of the earth. But more than that, Acts 1.8 goes beyond that to tell us and speak emphatically to the power of our witness. Look again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Martus, the Greek word for witnesses. It looks a lot like the English word martyr, doesn't it? That's where we get our English word martyr. Who is a martyr? A person who gives their very life for the cause or the person that they believe in. They give their all. We're to be martyrs for Christ, to give all of our lives for him. Another Greek word, dunamis. It looks like the word dynamite, right? That's where we get our English word, dynamite. That's the word for power. We receive explosive dynamite power when we receive the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. And that's exactly what we find in the book of Acts. This counter peg of a few hundred people explode with Holy Spirit power. And the church is born. It's a joy to be able to team preach through passages. Why don't you look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Tracy Devers is preaching this morning in our contemporary service, and he saw this connection between verse 11 and verse 7. But we know verse 11 pretty well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Everybody wants to claim that verse. That's my verse. I love that verse. God has good plans for me. That Hebrew word, Shalom. It's translated welfare in the ESV. And we typically translate it peace in English, but it can mean many different things. Welfare, peace, a state of completion. To be safe, to be healthy, to be satisfied, to be blessed. 
Don't we all want that welfare, that kind of shalom in our lives, in our church? But look at the context of the passage. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. You see, the context of Jeremiah 29 was to the Israelites living in exile in a foreign land. And he says, God has great plans for you, for your welfare, for your peace, your shalom, Israel, yet you seek that shalom Pray to God for the, com- the community where he's placed you because in the shalom or the peace of this community, you will find your peace. Which brings us to a very important question. Are we leaving a God-sized imprint on our community and our world? A few years ago, as a staff, we did some research over the past five years, to look at our numbers of folks who joined our church. We saw healthy numbers of folks join our church the past five years. We saw good, strong numbers of baptism as well in our church. But here's what we identified. The overwhelming majority of baptisms were biological or someone transferring from a sister denomination or somebody who'd been in this church who just said yes finally to baptism. So transfer growth, biological growth, but less on average than two people a year were we baptizing who were completely outside of the church, lost. Now there's folks who are lost in churches and God wants them all, us all to be saved, but there's a whole world out there. And are we making a God-sized imprint? I would say we're trying, but we're not there yet. But by God's grace, we're going to get there. Jesus prayed for us in John 17. He prayed that we might be one. But he also prayed that God might sanctify us in truth. The truth of his word. And Jesus said, I'm consecrating myself. I'm setting myself apart that you may then go. And as the Father sent me into the world, I'm sending you. So two kind of life application points to make if we want to make a God-sized imprint. First, as we deny self, take up our cross and follow Jesus, we will hear his call and live our lives on mission. You see, the first person that has to change when it comes to being on mission, first person is us. We have to deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. Or we'll never hear the clarion call. We'll hear the call, but we won't really hear it. It'll be cluttered like that first, that second slide at the beginning of the service. Because we're not all bought in on the mission that we'll do whatever it takes. And we can't hear the call. And we're distracted. And we get divided. 
And it's been Satan's recipe for local churches now for thousands of years. And he has done a very good job of dividing us and distracting us. But it stops. By the grace of God, it stops at this day, at this time. God is calling us to go and make disciples, to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Jesus. Then we'll hear that call and live our lives on mission. That's what we find in Acts chapter 13. No one had to tell the church to do this. They just knew it. The Spirit of God, they were a healthy, thriving church. The church had grown. They had expanded already from Jerusalem to Antioch. They were in Gentile territory. They had gone north. Be like us going from Georgia past the Mason-Dixon line. It's going north. They're expanding the gospel. And this church in Antioch, they were worshiping. They were praying. They were fasting. And the Lord said to them, set apart Barnabas. And Saul. And the church did. And they laid hands on them and they sent them out to be on mission. Second life application principle I'm almost done. As we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we, as His church, will live sent. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Who is the light? You and me. It's not just the message of Jesus. We're his messengers. We're to live sent. Send the light. We're the light of the world. And we will send our own out to be on mission. There will come a day and time that there will be our own. It's already happened somewhat in this church. We've got a great staff member in Chad Cottle. Guess what? He's sent now to serve as a chaplain in our military. We send people. That's the whole goal. God wants us to send our brightest and our best to make disciples of all nations. We will send out our own to be on. Don't you know they were missing Barnabas' encouragement? Don't you know they were missing Paul's incredible exposition of the Bible? They were missing it, but guess what? They sent them out. And that gospel went to Asia Minor. That gospel went to Rome. That gospel, thousands of years later, made it to the United States of America because that church sent. Don't think for a moment. Don't limit what God might want to do through you and through this church. The people that he is raising up to send, to be on mission from this church. We have no idea if there's a baby in a mother's arms in this church who will be the next Billy Graham. We have no idea. But God knows. He's calling us to raise up the next generation. He's calling us to be focused on the mission of the gospel. To make disciples of all nations starting here. So what then should we do as a church to reach the world for Christ? How do we make a God-sized imprint? How do we do it? You've got 31,000 people or so in LaGrange, over almost 70,000 people in Troop County. If all of our churches were full and had four or five worship services on Sunday mornings, we couldn't even make a dent in those numbers. There's 10.43 million people in Georgia 325.7 million people in our country. And our nation is just over 4% of the whole world. 4%. We're 4% of the world. 
There's 96% of the world is outside of this country. 7.6 billion people. How can we reach the nations? Jesus modeled it. And the Apostle Paul and Barnabas demonstrated it. It's all here. We do it by making disciples who make disciples. And next week we'll really hone in and clarify what that means in our focused message. But we do it by planting churches. Well, LaGrange has got plenty of churches. No, it does not. We need growing, vibrant churches in LaGrange, in Troop County, all throughout Georgia, all throughout our country, in the major cities. We could spend the next 50 years as a church focusing on how can we raise up people or raise up funds to send missionaries to all 32 of the biggest cities in this nation. And that's going to make a God-sized imprint upon this world. It's the biblical way making disciples and trusting these things we've learned that those who are younger in the faith and then fanning the flame and sending and living our lives, even as Margaret Ross, omission. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's what it's all about. And that will transcend any different changes to worship schedule stuff. That's just really noise, church. It's noise, Don't get distracted by the noise. Let us stay focused on the mission to make disciples to the ends of the earth. Pray with me. God, I thank you for the privilege to preach your holy word. And I thank you for this wonderful church, this generous people, the children and the teenagers and the young families and the middle-aged adults and senior adults, for the staff I get to work with, God, for just the freedom, Lord, to be myself and to share my heart with your people. God, I plead, I plead with you on behalf of this church that we would be a people on mission, that we'd wake up every day, say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Who can I bless today? Oh, Lord, who can I give my money away to today, God, to change their lives, God? I'm on mission, I'm on mission. Remind us, God. Don't let our lives be like slide number two. The devil comes after me with distraction and busyness all the time, but I'm going to preach your word. I'm going to speak the truth in love that we're called to make disciples that make disciples and plant churches. Oh, we can't plant churches here. We'll lose our people. We're supposed to lose our people. We're supposed to send our people into the darkness with the gospel. Help us to let go of what we want and cling to Jesus and his word and his call to go and make disciples. Let us be disciples who make disciples. Lord, send us out. Change the statistics of our baptisms, God. It starts with me. It starts with our leaders sharing Jesus intentionally in love. Lord, let us be focused as we'll learn next week about what it means to be followers of Jesus and make disciples. Let us be a church that is disciple. Let us, let, let us be a disciple-making factory to the ends of the earth. And one day we'll stand before you. And we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. You denied yourself. You took up your cross and you followed my son, Jesus. The father will say that because it's all about him. 
God, save us from ourselves, from all the distraction and frustrations. Let the clarity of your gospel be so strong. Let us hear your call to be disciple-making Christians to the ends of the earth. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is emphatically for the church. Emphatically for the church. That we would be disciples of Jesus Christ who multiply our lives and make disciples to the ends of the earth. That is the mission. That's what we're about. If you want to hear another kind of message besides that, then you're in the wrong church because this is what we're about. Making disciples of all nations. All the monies, all the focus, all the energy is for that purpose. So I'll invite you to stand. And we're going to sing. Because this song we're going to sing is so beautiful. To let others see Jesus in us. That's the goal. That means we're a disciple. When folks see us, they see Jesus. And then we point people to Jesus. That's why we exist as a church. No matter what time of day that we meet or style of worship that we meet, we're to point people to Jesus. That others would see Jesus in us. And as we gather and as we grow Maybe God's calling you this morning to say, Kate, I, I want to be a disciple. I, I want to I live my life on mission. I'm not sure what that means, Kate, but, but I just want to live my life on mission. Then you come. You come, I'll pray over you. We'll meet together. We'll talk about what that means. Just one person today leaves this service ready to live their life on mission, to penetrate the darkness with the gospel, then this sermon will not be in vain. God, lead us now to make disciples to the ends of the earth. Let's respond. Maybe this morning you need to get baptized. It's time to make that commitment. Maybe this morning you're just, you need prayer. Maybe you say, Kate, I, I just need Jesus. I, I've been playing games. I'm not really saved. You come this morning. We'll pray over you. Let's sing. Let's respond. Take as much time as necessary to hear the gospel and respond likewise.